history repeats itself in the patterns in the stone. We close our eyes and fumbling, we listen. When one finishes jet, sometimes the next step is more jet. In concluding the theme of past jets working in public service, we fudge the definition a bit and feature a returning jet. I mean, technically, he's both an ex-jet and a current jet, existing like Schrodinger's cat or Schrodinger's jet, if you will. So I'll guess that Matt French is a bit of a jet unicorn. He's applied for jet three times successfully and is currently going into his fifth year. The first ALT to do so in this town in Hiroshima. We talk about what it's like being probably the first third timer in jet history. His reasons for going so many times. Spoiler: it's love. It's 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 always love. And why sometimes the universe does give you a do-over. And after the break, we get a little bit into what Japan is like during the COVID-19 pandemic, which will no doubt horribly date this episode. A little disclaimer to say. Their views expressed during that segment are private opinions only, and also a very mild language warning for some light, dainty swearing. Um, so my name is uh, Matt French. I'm a ALT on the Jet program, and I'm based in uh, Hiroshima, in Japan. Around the uh, the coast, around the Sedouchi Inland Sea, it's a city. So I guess I would say it's about, let's say, like forty or fifty thousand uh, people. So it's it's a pretty decent sized city. Uh, it's got Shinkansen Station, which is great. So very very connected, kind of vaguely near the um the airport. It's got uh, it's got three McDonald's. Uh, so yeah, yeah, no yeah, fucking yeah. way. <laughs> Pretty, pretty, pretty it's a, kind of a big deal. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of a big deal. So, so when you uh, when you walk into the like a gathering of the other jets, do you yeah. kind of have wear shades because everyone everyone just stares at you in awe? And- I don't like to advertise it, which is why I only wear the shirt that says I come from the city with three McDonald's in it. Sometimes, but uh, <laughs> it's getting a bit worn out as well. <laughs> yeah, so so humble, so humble. I know. Um, I mean, of course, you know, it's, uh, you do that. You walk past as you drop McDonald wrappers behind you because. Well, I mean, I do that anyway. I did that in Australia, so <laughs> I think that's just my basic littering. Issue. <laughs> Screw you, <laughs> bins, whatever, man. Truly internationalizing where you are by introducing. <laughs> I'm an international <laughs> Oh my god. And so, can I say that、mm. you are a bit of a unicorn? Not only are you going into、yeah. your fifth year, you've been on jet not just once or twice,、mm. but、mm. three times. But three times. Three yes, times. this is my my third time on jet. So, if anybody has the question, can you <laughs> can you do, can you do jet three times? The answer is yes. A different question, question would be: Do you want to do jet? Yeah, three times. I mean, that's a different question. I think the question would be more: Why? Why? Yeah, yeah. and that, and that comes up. That all that that did come up a bit、uh, in my <laughs> in my interview. <laughs> the main reason this time, if if I'll be completely candid for、uh, your listening audience, all、um, of them. Yes, 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think the bigger question would be why Japan this time, not necessarily why Jet. And it's because I came back um, to to be with my partner, mm. um, my Japanese partner here. And um, I guess the the easiest thing to say would be Jet is the, the best way to do that initially. Um, if, if you don't have any particular life skills, no, if you, if you're not working in something like, um, something that's very specialized, like, uh, like you're a lawyer or you work in finance or you're a coder or something like that. Um, Jed is probably the, the easiest way to, or sorry, not the easiest, the best way to come over here and get your foot in whatever door. So mm. to speak, um, if if you're one of those specialised people, then you've you've got a lot more, I guess, options coming over. But coming back to Japan this time, that, that was clearly the best option for me. When I was on Jet before in a very small town, the three people that were there as ALTs, two two Jets, mm. uh, ALTs, and one private. One's married to his uh, partner now, and they've got a second kid coming. Uh, I, mm. I went to the marriage of the other. ALT in town and I'm in a long-term relationship with my partner. So for a small mm. town, it was pretty, it was pretty much a hundred percent hit rate when we got there. So wow, it's pretty wacky. You boosted the uh, genetic diversity of, of the local gene pool. Basically. I liked, I like to feel so some might say dirtied it, <laughs> <laughs> but those people are just rude. So let's uh, loop back to mm. why jet at least for the first time. Going back to the first time, that was 2002. Uh, I did one year on jet up in um, Niigata Prefecture. Like I'd always been interested in Japan. I, I mean, I grew up as a as an very much an older jet. I grew up in the 80s when mm. Japan was like peaking and, and everything was Japan. Like the TV mm. shows that, we, that I watched as a kid were, you know, Japanese anime that I didn't necessarily know was anime at the time or Japanese at the time was just kind of really cool cartoons that were different to other things. Mm -hmm. Um, every, like, I mean, you couldn't call yourself an action movie if you didn't have ninja in the title. <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot of ninjas, a lot of ninjas, a lot of turtles. Um, yeah. I mean, the toys were Japanese, all this stuff and, and, uh, and, sh and TV shows like monkey magic, all that kind of stuff. So all this stuff that I didn't know, even necessarily know was Japanese kind of seeped into my cultural background. And yeah. of course, later I found out it was Japanese, blah, blah, blah. But um, I guess the main thing was that a friend had gone over to Japan in the late 90s with uh, Nova to teach at an, an mm. Aikaiwa, mm -hmm. to teach at a language school. And he had a government job, which um, was a pretty big deal. back. It's still a big deal, but back when we were all kind of unemployed or part-timed, he had a, a solid job. Mm -hmm. And he decided to go do that due to life circumstances. And he had a great time and came back and showed us all the photos. And this is, this is amazing and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and he decided it was really for him. And he decided to go back and get his master's and, and pursue teaching. And he told me about the JET program. He's like, look, if, mm -hmm. if you want to go to Japan, the JET program is the way to go. What's this? Didn't know about it. This is, this is not pre-internet, but at that stage, I mean, there wasn't much on the internet where you could just go like, what's the jet program? There'd be nothing out there. So mm. I didn't even know it existed. There was nothing at my uni talking about it. There was nothing about any of this kind of stuff. So he told me about that. I was working for the government at the time. I had my first government job and I had a pretty good boss. And I was like, um, can I take a year off leave without pay to go to this um, jet program on Japan? And they were like, yeah, sure. But uh, and I applied. So it was um, basically because of a general interest in Japan and a friend who had been there doing something similar. 
and his recommendations and and the work situation was very amenable to it so it was all kind of fit together i was like well uh let's go um or try and go anyway because i i was an alternate the first time mm. 2002 that was the peak jet intake year um, right in terms of number of people yeah so maybe i got lucky the first time around, I was located. It's a town that doesn't exist anymore because it got amalgamated. It got, it <laughs> after, got after I left. After I left, they raised it to the ground and salted the earth. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit harsh, I thought. <laughs> well, you know, you could have just send a strongly worded letter. But I no, know, they, right? <laughs> no, they they raised a wicker man. They put yeah, everybody in it. It's crazy. Then... They burned me in effigy. <laughs> wow. You, you must yeah, have done quite a number there. And sometimes if you go there, there's McDonald's wrappers. Just <laughs> still to this day. Still flying around the wind. <laughs> yeah, no McDonald's in my town there. That was, that was a small town. Small, uh, small. It was a place called Nishikawa Machi. Um, just, mm. I guess it was about uh, 30 minutes on the train, uh, on the coast train away from uh, Niigata, mm-hmm. um, next to a town called Maki, which is probably a little bit bigger. Um, so it was, it was a, quite a small town, um, and I was based at a, um, a, a junior high school four days of the week, mm-hmm. and the other day of the week I kind of rotated around um, elementary schools. So it was it was a nice place. Niigata was it was really beautiful, really beautiful place. And then what prompted the second time? So to be honest, I had a, I had a so-so time on jet the first time. It wasn't. Mm. wasn't wasn't great had a lot of good times but i had a lot of issues so i was mm. like mm. you know i came back and i was like okay well that was you know that was that and you know a lot of rose tinted glasses uh, were put aside <laughs> <laughs> after that um and so i kind of kept up japanese study for a bit but you know time goes on and you, you know, just do other stuff mm. and i did a lot of other things in the, the meantime changed careers and did different jobs and went into computer graphics for like five or six years and did mm. other stuff um, and at, at that time, I think when I came back, there was the rule for applying for jet that you had to wait 10 years before you applied again. And they, they relaxed that pretty much around the time I did apply again. So the fact that I applied 10 years later was kind of coincidence, but they did relax the rule later to be three years. The second time around, I, I was honestly, it's a, it's a strange situation because I was studying Chinese, uh, mm. Uh, language that is and I've, I've done that for a year just a TAFE kind of thing and I, I met the head of JDA Canberra at a barbecue uh, he was a mate of a, a good friend of mine got on great and had a few beers and barbecues and he was like oh you should apply to go on jet again I was like what are you nuts <laughs> <laughs> not not because that was a ridiculous suggestion but I was I think I was like 37 at the time 36 at the time mm. I was like that's that's insane I'm not I can't do that. <laughs> like, why would they possibly accept me? Um, and he's like, oh, just give it a go. They're kind of, you know, they're looking for more mature people, people that, you know, can look after themselves and, you know, not turn up to work drunk and uh, do the job and be responsible. And he's like, they're, they're, yeah. they're taking a, what's the, what's the phrase I'd use? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's more of a broad church these days. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Okay. And so I was like, yeah, yeah okay, whatever, sure. Because you know. uh, I was looking at going over to China to teach for a year. Mm. Uh, that, that's, you know, while I was doing the Chinese. And, and, and again, because of the Australian federal government being so awesome, I could mm. potentially get a year leave without pay with, with a, my different department that I was in. Mm. Um, so I thought, you know, teach in China for a year. 
And so I thought, well, it costs nothing to apply for Jet. And I think the day that I found out that I'd got an interview was also the day that I found out that they weren't running my Chinese class again. I was like, oh, oh shit, I better wow. sign up at TAFE for Japanese classes to at least show that I'm <laughs> studying Japanese for this interview. Are you studying Japanese? Oh, yes, yes. I've uh, signed up for uh, <coughs> yes. TAFE classes and <laughs> everything. It's all in the pipeline. I had no thoughts about going. I was like, oh, boy. And then I went to the interview and um, it went really well. And uh, mm. I got chosen the second time. I was like, oh. I mean, obviously, you could draw on your experience of going yes. on the first time. The fact that I was older and more mature, both in terms of um, work experience and just general life experience, mm. um, knowing what the job was and being under no illusions about that. And I think I said that in my um, my statement of purpose. You know, I, was, I kind of impl- you know made the point that, look, you know, I know it's not all bloody anime and maid cafes and all that kind of thing. Having 10 years to look back at how I was when I first did Jet and being able to t- kind of objectively look at, because it was my first time out of the country at all mm. when I was on Jet. And so, mm. and looking back and being able to objectively say, look, I really didn't do a good job at that, or that was very immature of me to behave like that. Mm. Whilst also recognizing, well, in that situation, no, I wasn't at fault. It was other people's issues or whatever. And being able to go, well, you know, some of that was uh, on me. And then I really didn't do that very well. I think that was very handy to be able to go into the interview knowing Mm. that about myself, Mm. knowing where I um, hadn't done so well and where I could do better this time. Mm. Uh, So I think think that did help just being able to, um, to know the job and who you are. Where were you? I was um, down in very rural Kochi Ken, down in Shikoku, like in one of the peninsulas. And it was like a town of, they, it was it was a city, but boy, I think they got that <laughs> moniker quite a few years ago, and it's been downgraded a few times since then. Look, mate, I don't want to say that there was no McDonald's, <laughs> but there there was one Kombini, and it was like an off-brand. It wasn't like a, a Lawson or a Family Mart or a. Not even a seven. No, there was a secondary one, but it was kind of kind of lame. So yeah, one combini. Yeah, like maybe maybe five thousand people, maybe six thousand. I reckon you'd be really stretching to say ten. I think that would be a very generous. <laughs> Nothing really much to do in town, and town and city was a, a ways away. Just you generally tended to do stuff in the town and with people kind of in that area because you you were so far away from everywhere else. Mm. Um, so just to, just to also say, the first time I was on, I had a motorbike that I worked out with a friend um, mm-hmm. to sort out, and the second time I had a, a car. So both both times I had transport, which was mm. pretty important uh, for both of those things. But yeah, the second time around, knowing what I knew, uh, I also made a lot more effort to get out of my apartment and mm. and do stuff with the um in the community and stuff like that. So mm. did volleyball twice a week, did taiko twice a week. Went to a lot of like enkais and stuff. Very big drinking culture down in Kochi. <laughs> so, um, Very big that's... drinking culture everywhere in Japan. I would yeah, thought. but Kochi people put that to the test. Really? No. So we did a lot of stuff in the town and with town's people, mm. which I didn't necessarily do in Niigata. So yeah, it was. I loved it the second time around. Had a blast. It was, it was so much more positive than my first time around for for all these reasons. And uh, met my potential. Well, at the time, potential partner there, um, now my partner. <laughs> so we had this relationship, but I was very clear from the outset. I was like, look, you know, I'm, I'm 
I'm here for a year. If if you still want to go ahead with this and just basically have fun for that time, you know, that's that's kind of what's going to happen. So I was I was always kind of upfront about that. Um, but you know, it's still that doesn't make it any easier when you when you leave kind of thing. Mm. So um, so that was quite hard. And um, I came back, and I guess you know, you know, you think about it for quite a while, and then, but after time, you go back to work and you see your friends again and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I came back and I was thinking, you know, well, I, I'm done with Japan, I'm finished. I mean, I, I literally bought an apartment, or mm. I paid for an apartment, and the bank <laughs> still <laughs> technically owns it, um, <laughs> and I give them money in the hopes that one day they'll give it to me. Bought a, a beautiful couch and a fridge and all those things that mean. Mm. I am not moving anywhere because you'd have to be a moron to, to do that and leave. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking of doing. I wasn't thinking of going back to Japan at all. Mm. Thought about it, of course, a lot. And then, you know, that gets less and less, you know, as time goes on. And then I saw um, some photos of the private ALT in our town's wedding. And he was back in Kochi. And, um, of course, you know, she was there and I saw it again. I was like, oh, you know, it's, I've still got feelings for her. Oh, my God, what do I do? Yeah, so, you know, kind of dealt with that for a while and then got in touch with her and was like, mm, I was thinking, you know, how about we give it a shot, uh, see what she thought. Yeah. Um, and she would kind of was almost at the point of pretty much putting it away as well, but then I kind of out of the blue got in contact with her. So I organized to go to Japan and kind of just meet up with her and spend some time and just kind of, you know, see if we could work it out and see if mm. it was possible and see how we felt. Um, we decided to have a, give it a shot, mm. um, and I said, "Well, look, here here are the options for me getting back to Japan. Potentially, best was jet because I had looked into it at that point. So I'd looked at jet and gone, okay, well, that's it's possible. My reading of the um, guidelines is what I think it is. Then mm-hmm. there's no reason I can't apply again. The easiest way would be somewhere like an Akai or like Interac or Nova or somewhere like that. But clearly, it's not as good no. conditions wise. So I interviewed with Interac and got a uh, job offer with them. Uh, and I basically went with that uh, and applied for Jet. Yeah, I applied for the third time, and I got an interview, and I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> 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 Ooh wasn't expecting that." But the um, third time around, it, uh, how was it? <laughs> it was actually very different because the second time I interviewed, uh, it was it was a very kind of casual affair, and we were we were in the Canberra office of the embassy with uh, with couches and coffee and cake. Everybody got this, by the way, because subsequently I interviewed people as part of my role with JetAA, and it was all very kind of on the couch and like, oh, come here, sit down, now let's have a chat. Mm-hmm. Um, but for whatever reason, this year, and I, I don't think it was just me; I think it was everybody. It was full set up like panel in front of you, and you at a desk like three meters away <laughs> just by yourself kind well of. i mean when i was doing oh. the interviews that's what we did i oh. asked for a small lamp with a single light bulb that i could just swivel to shine on the people's faces. Uh, participants faces absolutely because, yeah i mean you got to see how they deal under pressure did you um, use one of those voice vocoders <laughs> yes yeah i did i also had a cat please take uh, your name for the <laughs> Yeah. I, I specifically asked for a Persian cat that I could yeah. stroke. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you you were saying like it was a it was a different setup, uh, more formal, basically. Yeah, and uh, and that was for everybody, and and literally, like I knew everybody on the panel except for one guy who's the the ring in from you know ex jet from wherever blah blah blah. Yeah, <laughs> and it was basically just question after question, like why should we let you go? <laughs> why are you doing this? More specifically, not why do you want to go on jet, but I think the question really was, you know, why why are you and not, 
not somebody else. Um, mm. I think, which is a valid question. Yeah, um, yeah. Not why do you why do you want to go, but why you? <laughs> yeah, because uh, you've already been on jet. You know what it's like. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. what about someone who hasn't been on jet? Why yes. give you the the space absolutely. that someone else could have taken? Yeah, and and absolutely, that's a one hundred percent like the only line of questioning you can take. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, well, you know, they they said, you know, we're not going to ask you any questions because you know all the questions and you know all the answers because you've you've done it and you've you've been an interviewer. <laughs> yeah. For the most part, I feel I was honest. Um, but I think in any interview, you're not you you're an idiot if you say exactly what you think because that's that's never a good idea. Mm-hmm. But you know, you you answer the, the question to the best of your ability and you, you you're frank, but you're you're honest about it, and hopefully that comes through. I have no idea. I mean, look, I don't know what the other um, what the other applicants were like. Maybe they were absolutely useless that year. I don't know. Maybe I, I sh- maybe I shone in the interview. Um, maybe it was because I'd done so much work in JDA and they knew me so well that they knew I was someone that could be relied upon. I think they called me first. Like they usually send an email, but I think because I knew the people at the embassy, maybe they called everybody because Canvas maybe quite small as well the intake mm. and I'm like oh congratulations you're going I was like holy shit I'm going to Japan again I, like you kind of hope for it but like I, I honestly I came out of that interview going oh boy that was brutal <laughs> that, was, that was the crazy not the craziest interview but like I mean you've gone for different job interviews and that one was if not an attack it was like bang 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 I was like oh boy that didn't go well <laughs> and, yeah, I, and I, interview, yeah. I interview pretty well but I was like man that was not a positive experience maybe they were just thinking like ah fuck it let's just send him for a third time <laughs> shits and giggles <laughs> yeah just 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 for the for the fun. I'll be the I'll be the guy who sent the, the guy who's yeah. been on jet for three times I'll be a legend in like Claire <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to go down the annals of Jet AA history. Jet yeah. history. yeah. Which no mean? one keeps. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those annals. I, I genuinely don't know if there would be any record anywhere that anybody would have checked to see, you know, has Matt French been on Jet <laughs> three times? Like uh, my last time might have been on because it was so recent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, well, it was three years ago. I, I waited the three years, but my first—I don't know if there was anything like on a computerized database that didn't that wouldn't require somebody to go down to the sub basement level and look in a, uh, an A4 binder. I'm pretty to check, sure, but I'm pretty sure that's exactly how it is. Like, <laughs> knowing, like you know, you and I are from our experience, know. knowing yeah. how strangely backward some aspects of Japanese bureaucracy yeah. is. It's it's probably there's probably I, like. Um, Warehouse thirteen sort of thing. With yeah, yeah. I was, I was honestly, that's what I was. I was kind of banking on that, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, and I'm not kidding. Was it by pure luck then, uh, mm. where you got your placement, being close enough to Kochi, to where you were the second placement? I think it was a, a little bit of both. Um, so I mean, you, you're putting your preferences, as mm. you know, and people who are applying for Jet, jet maybe um, know. You say, I want to go here, here, and here. And I think they give you like one line to say why. Yeah. And my first choice was Kobe um, because it's it's just an awesome place. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very it's very kind of central to everywhere. And um, I think maybe Hiroshima Prefecture was second mm-hmm. and maybe like Nara was third. But my general thing was um, I would like to be placed r- relatively close to Kochi or or near major 
transport just because my partner and I mm. um, need to, to see family and things like that. Um, and, you know, I've done jet and then lived in a really, really rural area. So that was, that was great, but don't need that again. Mm-hmm. And I think more specifically, I, I didn't choose anywhere specific. I just said I would like transport and to be close to the sea and mm-hmm. nature. Mm-hmm. And they gave me all three. So I didn't specify a place. I said, this is the kind of place I wanted. Yeah. And, and then I think in that way as well, you, you're kind of happy with what you get because you're like, whoa. Yeah, that's not what I was expecting, but that that ticked all three boxes, and I'm pretty happy, kind of thing. Yeah, you are such a unicorn in so many different ways. I am, it turns yeah. out. And I'm the first person in my town to have been offered a five-year contract. Really? Wow, they but, liked you that much. Well, no, no, I shouldn't say offered. <laughs> the first one to accept. <laughs> <laughs> Almost, but not yeah. quite. Um. I think the the other people who had done four years had just done their time and were like, oh, I want to go back and mm. or or I want to go study in my home country or whatever. No one had wanted to stay for five years, not because it was a, a bad place. They just kind of mm. reached that, that time when they decided they'd had enough. So, mm. yeah, I was the first one to ask for five years. And so it was actually quite a process because it was like, we've never done this before. Yeah. It's like, well, it's, it's just like four years. You just do that. And they're like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> Once again, they had to send someone down to the archives, (laughs) to the warehouse 13. I'm not kidding. They brought out the the handbook. And I'm like, look, it's only in exceptional circumstances that four and five years is often. I was like, yes, and we've already done four, so that was an exceptional circumstance. So you pretty much just get the paperwork and do it again. (laughs) So now that it's, yeah, a lot of teeth sucking. Mm. uh, But now that it's been done, I can guarantee that Anybody who wants to do five years after me is just going to be a tick and flick. You are quite genuinely a trailblazer for that I, town. I think I am. So that means I can't screw it up in my fifth year. Got to be good. Got to be. Yeah. Just, just coast. You just coast now. Yeah. Just, just don't just screw up, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't, set, don't set fire to things. How's the job the third time around? Um, Particularly since you're going to your fifth year, too. I mean, you're basically yeah, yeah, a pro yeah. at this now. Yeah, I guess um, I probably do more stuff in general this time in class and um, and also helping the B Board of Education do things like just around town and, mm. like, you know, like translating things and stuff like that. Um, although we are getting our first CIR um, this year yeah. in our town. But, mm. yeah, she won't be coming until August because of the whole corona thing. She was due to start in April. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I guess this time around, I've also um, I've started a, a master's um, in TESOL. So I've been doing that online. So that's kind of taken up a lot of my spare time and I guess hopefully kind of helped inform my uh, assistant teaching and stuff for what it is. You know, as an ALT, you don't get much um, mm-hmm. much say in stuff. But you do have access to like schools and teachers and kids for like assignments, which is great. <laughs> um, so it, it means I guess I kind of look at the the school and the and the job differently than when I was an ALT. Um, I'd probably mm. focus more on the actual teaching side, whereas before I was like, you know, human tape recorder, that's fine. Mm. Bing, bang, out you go. Whereas this, like, this time I kind of look at it a bit more from that academic perspective. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Like being an ALT in a public school versus, say, working at an Akira, which I haven't done, but I know his friends are now doing it after Jed and various other things. Yeah, they're, they're, they're different. And I think 
I don't know. For me, like being an ALT, I, I think can probably only do it for another year and a half kind of thing, mm. uh, because it, it is very limiting. Because especially once you start studying and 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 knowing more, you're like, man, I want to try this out or I want to do this, and I I can't do that as an ALT. I don't have the Mm-hmm. capacity or freedom to do that and not saying you necessarily get to do that in an Aikawa either because you've got to follow their textbooks or whatever um, but you know if that's a stepping stone to then having your own classes and getting into uni teaching and stuff yeah you, you start to chafe a bit if you want to do something a bit bit more um, yeah. but for, for what it is at the moment it's like it's, it's perfect it's, it's the right amount of um, classes to keep things interesting and try things out and downtime for um, you know study and that kind of thing so it's it's pretty good at this point in time the career options are pretty limited if you just stay on JET. You go on JET really specifically mm. for the exchange and the cultural thing. There's no progression. Uh, you not don't, a, none at all. You don't graduate from being an assistant to an actual full, full-blown teacher because... No, although in Hiroshima you can. Really? Um, Hiroshima is one of two prefectures, I think, that, is, that have a program. I think it's called, in Hiroshima, it's called something like the Global Initiative Program. And you can, if you've taught in a Hiroshima public school for three years, whether you're a JET participant or you're a private ALT that's working as a dispatch to a, a school, you can essentially apply to get a, a teaching license. You become, in all respects, a Japanese, as in a Nihonjin, mm. a Japanese teacher on the on wow. the same um, on the same benefits, same wage, uh, same responsibilities. Uh, so you have to be at the meetings, you have to understand what's going on in the meetings, read all the notices, be involved with clubs, all that kind of thing, be moved every four years, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, but you, you do become like a tenured teacher. I only know of one or two people that have done it. Mm-hmm. One one is now a um, homeroom teacher. Uh, I think he's the first home foreign homeroom teacher in a public school. Happens mm. a lot in private schools, but not in, not in public schools. Yeah. Um, and he's quite near here. His Japanese is excellent, mm-hmm. uh, and he teaches at a very high-level school. Uh, I know people that have applied for it and got it, but have been offered essentially the same contract conditions by their schools mm-hmm. and bec- become tenured. Um, so their school sponsors their um, their teaching license, so they're kind of tied to that school, whereas if you do the Hiroshima thing, you can teach anywhere in Hiroshima. Mm-hmm. But by being at that school, you know, my friend who's got a wife and a kid was like, I, I, I don't want to be moved around. I just want to stay here. And they're like, we'll offer you the same thing and you can stay here. He was like, <laughs> I will take that deal. Thank you very much. Wow, that's pretty good, actually. But yeah, I mean, does, does that mean like you get things like uh, promotions as well? I, I don't know. I mean, I, mean um, he, I guess he could do. He's essentially the, the English teacher mm. at the school. Like um, a head teacher, the department. Head teacher, um, mm. yeah. And I've got a, he's at a public school, and I've got another mate who's a, now a tenured, full time teacher at a private school. Uh, so he's the English teacher there, mm. um, and also does IT work and stuff like that. So, yeah, there's definitely ways to. And not, uh, the first guy with the wife and kid did jet, I think, for five years. Mm. The other guy came across and did Aikawa for however many years, and new people and got jobs and up to his Japanese and so there's, yeah, there's, there's different ways to kind of kind of do these things
Okay, now we come to the current situation, COVID-19, mm. working Ooh. in Japan. So yeah. what's it like on the ground <clears throat> over there, at least in your part of Japan? We went back to school today. Yeah. Um, th- today was the in the ceremony for like new teachers. And then tomorrow mm. um, will be the, the first graders for, well, everywhere. Um, in my case, first graders for junior high school will come in tomorrow. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, so we just had spring holidays for ten days, whatever. And before that, we basically had a month off, um, and that was that was a surprise drop. Like uh, Abe dropped that on like a Thursday night, and I don't, I honestly don't think schools and boards of educations were particularly consulted or knew about it because the next day it was like. It was crazy. It was, it was like pandemonium. The boards of education were scrambling to find out what's going on. The schools didn't know what was going on. The mm. parents didn't know what was going on. So there was, there was nothing put in place in terms of dealing with that. Because it, it, wasn't, it wasn't like um, summer holidays where the kids are just not at school. It's like, no, they're meant to be at home. Um, or there's no nobody to take care of them. So that meant parents had to get time off work or consider telecommuting, all these things that just do not happen in Japan. Mm. Uh, so it caused a lot of issues. Um, but I think that was, in, in a lot of ways, that was good mm. because Japan would never even entertain these things without, I think, external forces mm. bringing that to a point where, no, you have to somehow deal with this. Mm. Um, but for whatever reason, there. Well, there there really wasn't that many cases in Japan, so didn't really seem like anything was different, and apart from toilet paper running out, mm. which happened in the first few weeks, and I was and I was very kind of like, oh, oh, oh Japan, the house the housewives see something on TV, and the next day it's sold out, which is actually very true. Yeah, um, it's like oh, this time it's toilet paper. Gosh, good Japan. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, of course, yeah, a week and a half later, world, Australia course. went nuts. Australia went, yeah. oh, Japan, hold hold my beer. I'm going to take this up to 11. Yeah. Uh, we're oh, Australians. Yeah. We're going to add violence to it. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you were doing it, you know, civilly. Well, let me smash a glass in your head and take you. Yeah. Um, but th- that was kind of weird. That was the only thing that the panic buying thing. For some reason, toilet paper latched on the people's brains in all these countries. As to So that was really the only thing that kind of ran out nothing else really ran out mm. um and and pretty like pretty soon after like they, they'd shut down things like you know game centers you know with the claw machines and all that kind of stuff they they'd shut down those but mm. that kind of lasted like two weeks and then everybody just kind of started doing regular stuff and kids just started going out to parks and going to game centers so they, they kind of seen this very blase attitude towards like, well nothing's happened and the, there's no cases and then mm. But of course, then Canada threatened uh, and then full f- said, look, we're not going to the Olympics. And Australia was like, look, we're thinking of doing that as well. Mm. And that forced the hand to read the Olympics. Um, and then they they postponed the Olympics. And then literally the next day, cases spike in Tokyo. Like, oh, really? Like, oh, Funny my that. God. What are the chances, you know, that these <laughs> cases have been underreported for like the last four weeks? Mm. And so since then, it's only gone up and up and up. No real kind of there's no there's been like no social distancing you know the, a lot of requests please stay at home please don't do mm. this but you know um, I was checking out Google tracking data on people's you know how they've been visiting places and for the most part Japan's down slightly mm-hmm. but really not changing at all 
um, wearing masks. I was wearing masks every day at the because we were at the board of education. Yeah. But masks, masks are out everywhere. You, you can't get masks. Mm. So you know, uh, my partner made sewed up a whole bunch of masks for us on the weekend to use, and I'll, I'll run out of my board of education masks on about Wednesday or Thursday this week, and be. So I mean, and that's the kind of thing. It's like, well, is this a? If you really want to stop people spreading the disease, you know, having them go out with masks is not going to mm. really stop that. And, and it's similar, you know, if you really wanted to stop the disease, why have us come into the board of education when we're not doing anything there? Um, well, I mean, we're doing work and pre- preparing classes and stuff, but no need for us to be there. If, if your real concern is stopping the spread of the virus, this is not doing that. And similarly, I mean, Abe is going to be announcing, uh, they had the announcement of the announcement today, and the, they're going to strongly ask tomorrow that people stay at home or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> people aren't going to do that, you know. It's, if they don't, if they're not being fined, they they won't do it. Yeah. Because um, my, my understanding is the constitution in Japan doesn't give the government any any rights whatsoever to to force close things or force people to stay at home. Interesting. Uh, and and there's no penalties, so they can strongly ask you, mm. but if you say no, they can't. They can't even strong. I, I really strongly suggest <laughs> that there's no uh, follow through on that. The only thing I think they, I think towns do have the ability to shut schools. That's yeah. that's one thing they they do do do, um, but. If ninety percent of the population's not changing, would shutting the schools do anything? Nah, I don't mm. know. At this point, I'm kind of like a little frustrated because it's like, well, what do you want us to do? Mm. You know, like I, I've got, I'm going to kindergarten on Wednesday. It's like, so okay, we don't touch the kids, we don't go near the kids, we don't have the mm. kids all got masks. Are the kids staying two meters away from each other? And it's like, man, those those little carrier monkeys are going to be all over me, you know. <laughs> They're going to be, yeah. be wiping their noses and, hey, Matto, Matto, <laughs> jumping on me. I'm done. I'm, a, I'm out. <laughs> you know? yeah. I'm, I'm assuming I've got it as of now. <laughs> the little disease vectors are just basically... They are, they are. They're lovely. But, I mean, they're, they're dirty kids, you know. And yeah. You can't go to a kindergarten and not play with the kids. It's like... Yeah. So what's the point? You know, it's like, well, I'm going to get it. So, and I'm a bit frustrated by that. It's like, do you want to stop this? Mm. It's like, well, this is not how you stop it. At the same time, it's it's hard to say because I mean, yes, yes, people have certainly died in Japan. It's not like the hospitals are, are being, you know, hammered by people. I mean, there certainly could be the case that a lot of people are being potentially treated for, uh, you know, the symptoms and not having those marked as being COVID. So, you know, could be treating the pneumonia symptoms and going, yep, that was pneumonia. And say, well, I think it might have been COVID. So, the, you know, that's certainly not out of the question. I've read that, you know, um, a lot of it could be down to um, Japan has more CT scanners and, you know, per person than most of the other countries in the world. So they, they can do a lot of CT scans and pick up the symptoms and treat them, even though they're not looking for COVID and marking it as COVID. It's like, well... Could be the fudging of the numbers. It could be that they're just not testing enough. Mm. I know that Hiroshima City was literally only testing like twenty people a day as of like a f- few days ago. I was like, well, that's not that many guys. <laughs> that's really not many. <laughs> so, I mean, th- this was information put on their on the public, you know, website from the um, Hiroshima government. It's like, yeah, that's you're going to need to test more. What about local people? Like, what 
do they feel about this? I don't know. People seem to be just getting on with it. I mean, there's, mm. I think there's something to be said about um, not, you know, panicking, not being completely pessimistic about everything is 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 quite a powerful thing. Mm. Uh, you don't want to you don't want to be in denial, um, but at the same time, it's not like it's not like everybody, every second person's dropping dead. You know, it's not like that's actually mm. happening. There's a lot of talk about coronavirus. Mm. Um, but it's like, but yeah, okay, well, what's actually happening? Like, okay, all these people have got coronavirus, you know, mm. and, and now what? You know, so well, most of them aren't dying. It's like, okay, well, that's good. It's mm. not, it's clearly not good that people are getting it and we want to stop that. Mm. Um, but absolutely flipping out and, um, you know, going into, you know, military law or something's possibly not great either at the moment i've been buying stuff not hoarding it uh, mm. but buying it just to have it there you know so i've got a lot an, enough flour to make bread and i've got yeast and all that kind of stuff we've got enough rice to last a while and, mm-hmm. and frozen foods and all that stuff will be eaten you know if, if there's no issue it's like oh we'll, we'll just we'll just eat it mm. um, but uh, i remember when the toilet paper thing happened like I think maybe the week or two before I'd, I'd been to Costco and 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 bought like a big lot, and this was before any talk of toilet paper was an issue. Yeah. Uh, and then you know the toilet paper thing happened, and that's that's sold out everywhere. It's sold out everywhere. And I was like, "Hun, look in the cupboard. There's two of us. We can't poop enough <laughs> to use that in the next four months. It's nuts. Like we got no worries. You know, if if and and yeah, by the time it got sorted out, we'd use like three rolls of Costco toilet paper of that maybe um, but the, the two weeks later I went and bought some because it was back in stock just to like put her at ease you know right. so, look, we now have seven months worth of toilet paper <laughs> again it will be used but you know we don't need to buy more that's, this is it you know that's that's fine ironic uh, given this is the country that has uh, you know <sighs> those wonderful toilets I yes. wish I wish I don't have one. And dries. I don't you. have one. I wish my oh, bottom God. dreams of such a toilet. You know, oh, I don't even have a heated toilet seat. It's like oh, I'm living in the living in a jungle here, man. Oh, I'm really wiping my ass with leaves. <laughs> oh, why? Why? Why even? Like, you know, why am I even alive in Japan? Why even live in Japan if you can't exactly. have your, your butt washed and dried at a moment's notice? <laughs> <laughs> been on jet for three times now i mean what sort of life experiences do you think it's given you it's definitely given me um a lot of experiences with i guess yeah just dealing with a lot of bureaucracy (laughs) 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 that's not the only thing but just dealing with um work stuff that i don't necessarily deal with in australia Mm. um i don't know it's it's um I think it does, and and I think anything does, but especially being in a foreign country, mm. it it does make you reflect more upon yourself, mm. um, how you do things, why you do things. Mm. Um, is the way I do things a good way, or is it just because that's the way I've always done them? Maybe I should do them differently. Mm. Um, it, so I think it does make you reflect more upon who you are and how you relate to people mm. um, and whether that usually that's a good thing but it can be a hard thing as mm. well um, so w- when I was thinking about coming back this third time when I really wasn't sure and I hadn't contacted my partner or anything 
uh, I was having a chat with a friend over beers. You know, it's Friday afternoon beers after work, and mm. you know, I'd been talking about this. And she and she she asked me, "Do do you like who you are more in Australia or who you are in Japan?" I was like, mm. "Oh, do oh wow, <laughs> that's yeah. a that's a big question." And yeah. you know, I was like, oh. and I thought, well, I, I kind of like who I am, quote unquote, more in Japan because you you do when you live in a different culture, you assume a different personality yeah i mean you, you can't help but do that it's like who i am in japan and with japanese people is not australia man it's mm. japan man. Mm. and I, I mean i like both of them hopefully <laughs> but i kind of you know I, I like who i am in in japan maybe a bit more i'm a bit more understanding uh i guess in japan um, mm. because i have to process everything more it takes time to process things so i, I tend not to um just say stupid shit <laughs> <laughs> or react certain ways because I have to kind of like go through a process of uh, translation maybe. But at the same time, you know, I am who I am. Um, and that doesn't necessarily change when you're in Japan. It it, it modifies. Mm. But if you're, if you're coming to Japan or Jet to like, um, you know, escape who you mm. are or a situation or something, that's, that's not going to work because... Mm. What, what's that line from a song? Everywhere you go, there you are. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it is also a chance to find out. Oh, that's who I really am. You know, well, that's mm. not that we are as people unchangeable. We should always, you know, strive to change and improve ourselves. Mm. But uh, you know, like as a flippant example, like you know, when I'm doing my uh, university assignments, my master's assignments, like man, I still I, I procrastinate. I'm the worst. And and I've been like that since, you know, like junior high school. And mm. as much as I would change, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I just don't. And that's something you either have to have to change by mm. whatever process, or you just go, you know what, I'll be doing this till the day I die. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I want to change on this particular issue, you know, I can't. But it does make you reflect on that. That's one reason why JET is a good thing mm. for young people. And whether, that you know, these young people are flipping out because of the coronavirus or something. One of the reasons that you are flipping out is because you're in a different culture and you're, you're having to deal with things. Yeah. Uh, not in your own culture. You're like, this is, this is very stressful. And it does make you reflect on things like, well, why, why is it stressful? Or, you know, why did Jap Japanese people do these things? Or, uh, you know, even why does this person from this other country, that's another ALT do these things and why that's annoying me or, you know, or this is an affront to my religion or something like that. It's like, well, no offense, but nobody gives a, a faff about your religion or your beliefs or how your friends did things in the, um, uh, New Zealand back home or whatever. It's like, you know, and then <laughs> that forces you to deal with those things. And you're like, okay, yeah. well, okay, well, that's, that's a good thing that I have to do that. Yeah, I think it's a good thing for personal growth, whether it's uh, yeah. your work or your who you are. It's, it's always a good thing to, uh, to do that. I think... Jet as and living in Japan has certainly certainly done that for me. I will still got a long way to go, but uh, <laughs> we all do on this journey of life. <laughs> Don't let me hold you up. Since this episode was recorded, the three Japanese government ministries who oversee the Jet program issued a statement that jointly asked local governments to, among other things, Implement flexible working policies for JET program participants. Earlier, Matt was referring to a particular quirk of Japanese law which limits the ability of the government to enforce actions on its citizens. 
An article which analyzes this very thing was done recently by Matt Gillum for JLGC New York. Links to both articles are available in the footnotes for this episode. Many thanks to Matt for being on the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening, and if you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, email me at webmaster at jetaainternational.org. Thank you very much for listening, and see you next time. Music adapted for this episode is History Repeats by Josh Woodward from the album The Simple Life Part 1, and is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution License and available on freemusicarchive.org.